Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Well, good morning. Just get myself sorted out. Uh, it's very bright here, isn't it? <laughs> Certainly a great privilege to be here. Um, I just want to thank uh, Marty and Karen and the team for the opportunity to come and, and, and minister um, into our church, uh, which has been great. We've been here for probably since uh, COVID sort of finished, whatever it was, not finished, not that it's finished, but when we went from restriction, we were able to come back and, and meet together again. Uh, we've been here, we did watch a bit online. I think we came to your 10th. That was when we first first came. We have been here numerous times before that. This is my introduction. I'm not part of the preach, by the way, because um, I've got strict instructions as to timing and, and things like that. So, And uh, so um, I just thought it'd be helpful maybe to... Uh, introduce us a little bit as Karen already has, which is great. So thank you so much for that. And uh, yeah, so we've been part of this congregation for, for probably for about a year now. I think we've been back since, since uh, the restrictions lifted from that part of it. And uh, it's just been a wonderful journey for us um, in, first of all, how, how we came to be here and also, uh, you know, just getting to know uh, some of you along the journey. And we hope to be able to get to know more of you as we go. So, uh, so yeah, my name's Steve, my wife Noni, and my daughter Kiana also is here to, uh, to cheer me on. And uh, so some of you may be a little bit nervous because this is your first time in front of me. So uh, just relax. <laughs> you know, if you do witness with something and, and you want to vocalise that and say amen or cheer just to pander to my insecurities, that'd be good. <laughs> Um, but uh, no singing. If you get an urge to sing, then we will have you arrested. So, so just be careful of that. I heard Keith, Keith sort of that nervous laughter. <laughs> All right. You did say we should have some fun, yeah? Okay. All right. But I want to also, I want to have some fun, but I also want to just try and somehow gather us uh, to where we were a little bit earlier in the service, always try to pick up something of what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do or doing in our, in our lives. I want to encourage you to, to maintain that connection point where, where the presence of God, understanding of that God is, is, is speaking to you. And um, not that he desires to want to speak to you, he's always speaking to you. He always desires to speak to you. And, and so, so uh, tune your heart, tune your ears, tune whatever it is that you need to tune so that you may pick up on what God wants to encourage you with this morning so that you can go from this place uh, with, with some encouragement but also uh, hopefully some tools or some keys that will help you um, uh, be more effective in the ministry that God has for you um, in, in your life, because, you know, Sunday is not our Christian life. This is just getting together and encourage one another, and then we go into the world, and then we be who God has created us to be. And so that's what I want to focus on this morning, if I may. So 
Um, you've already introduced us, so I don't need to go through that. And, and uh, so let me just quickly pray, because um, I do like to pray before we, before we engage. So Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence. I thank you for your, your constant uh, desire and capacity to speak into our hearts and minds and bring revelation, bring encouragement, but also to uh, uh, empower us for the works of the ministry that you have for us to do. And so as I speak, Lord God, let not my words be the, the, the thing that connects, but let your voice engage with people this morning that they, they may be encouraged, strengthened, um, uh, envisioned, full of faith, and, uh, and, and that we will, we will have a good time this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so what I did uh, is when Marty first asked me to come and preach, I, I sort of picked a message that I was comfortable with because I thought first go, you know, um, we better get something that's going to be. So I have uh, preached this message previously at different locations, but I always try and tune it for the, the environment that we're in. And then Marty uh, encouraged us last week. I don't know whether you've, you were here last week. By the way, if there's any visitors uh, here th this morning, I welcome you. Um, just to let you know that I'm not the regular preacher here. If you don't like me, that's fine. Please come again next week because Marty or Karen will be here and, and they will, they will um, <laughs> do a better job. All right. So, all right. That's what I hear. There's a few voices out there. I can't see you, so I've got to, I've got to you know, uh, uh, garnish some, some encouragement. All right. So uh, what, what I want to share about this morning, but Marty really encouraged us last week. And I, I don't know, about, uh, but when he was talking about, you know, when you get in those times when, when you know, you're, you're discouraged or you're behaving inconsistent with the, the nature and the character of God that he's placed within us. That, um, that, that you guys say, you know, but that's not you. You know, that's not, that's not you. That's not who you are. And so what I want to do is, is help us focus in who we are. And uh, so what I'm going to do is um, uh, read out of, out of uh, the, the, the Gospel of Luke in uh, chapter 15. I'm going to uh, just read the, the parable of the, of the lost son. Many of you would have, would have heard this message, uh, this uh, passage of scripture previously. And then, but I want to focus on some things toward the end. So is that okay? Yeah. All right, you with me? Okay, so we're going to read out of Luke 15, starting in, uh, in verse 11. Better put my glasses on because I can't read anything anymore. And it says... Um, so Jesus was telling a story, and he said there, were, there was a man who had two sons. I'm still going to paraphrase it just for the sake of time. A uh, younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of their inheritance, uh, which uh, was <laughs> while his father was still alive. Uh, but he, he divided his property between them, and uh, he gave his inheritance to his son. Not long after that, the youngest son got together all that he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything... There was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, did anybody ever had come to your senses when things are going on? Um, he said, you know, basically, that's not who I am. 
And he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out, go to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son, but make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. So he actually did something, which was good. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and filled with compassion for him, he ran to him, son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, did his little speech that he prepared, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Uh, probably a worthwhile thing to do. But the father, almost as if he wasn't even listening, said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe, put it on him. Bring, uh, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. All right, so uh, lots of engagement there. Won't go into the details of the interaction necessarily uh, or even how culturally the whole story was offensive to the people that were listening to it because no one would have ever done that. You know, the son, what a, you know, a terrible person, all that sort of stuff. But what I want to talk about is, is, the, is the chief motivator of our lives I've been in church a long time, a reasonable amount of time, and, and uh, you know, often as Christians, you know, we see, we do things because it's our duty, or we do things because, you know, Jesus went to the cross for us, so, you know, we should be doing stuff for Jesus, which is sort of based on guilt. Um, sometimes uh, uh, we want to do things to try and gain his approval. Um, sometimes we do things because we're f- afraid of hell. And whilst Maybe some of these things are honourable. What I've discovered is they really lack the power to be able to, to, to enable us to be who God has created us to be. And in my life, um, just sharing out of my experience, is the thing that has motivated me most in Christian life and doing things in God, not, not just for God, but doing things in God, yeah. is His love. And the, the, when, when we come to engage with the love of God and, 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 and have encounters with Jesus, to me, that is the most motivating force on the planet. And that's what I want to share a little bit about this morning, okay? So, uh, and the, the area I want to focus on is what the Father gave to the Son at the end of this story. Um, so, are you with me? So, uh, I said to Karen, what would be good, if we could, is when I am, am sharing what I understand and what I, what I know to be true, if something resonates with you, just take note of it because what we're going to do at the end is we're just going to uh, have an opportunity to pray and, and, and give you an opportunity to respond. And then uh, I, I believe with faith, and I've been doing this a while, so I, I know it to be true, that God will come and do something. I'm expecting that God will do something in your life today that will translate into, into, into fresh a revelation uh, for you for, the, for this week, all right? So, so you say, God, I'm, I'm available for you to, work, to do whatever it is that you, you want to do. All right, so the love of God to me is the most motivating force on the planet. The Bible says in John chapter 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. And, and his love was, was the, the entire uh, understanding of everything that God has done is done through the empowerment of his love. And so I want to look at the three things that, that the Father did. Um, many people have preached out of this message, but I want to look at just this last thing, and hopefully this will be helpful for you. The first thing he did was he gave, G, uh, gave the son, the, the father said, quick, um, bring the best robe and put it on him. 
All right? Interestingly enough, he didn't say, quick, whack him in the bath because he's been with pigs for a fair amount of time. Any of you who have uh, experienced uh, going to a, um, a piggery would know uh, that sometimes when, when, when you walk out that uh, there would be some residual of the pig smell which would remain with you. All right. I remember uh, one time I was over the west coast of South Australia, we went to Piggery, and then my mate and I were working with some friends there, and then we went fishing, and we stopped off to get some bait from the local shop. When we walked in, every head turned and looked at us, and we didn't realise that we still had that, um, that odour with us, and I forgot to put my timer on. Oh, my goodness. All right. Um, okay. I'll use that one, because that one's broken. No, I... Um, But the father said, bring the best robe and put, him on, put it on him. Um, and that's symbolic to us of the covering of the blood of Jesus. That there was something that, that he put on the son. And, and we understand that. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 61 verse 10, For he has clothed me with the garment of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. Now, that's part of the picture, but to, to really understand what, what he was doing was to understand in the culture of the day that the, the son represented uh, somebody who was his heir, but the robe was, was a robe of identity. So he, he would put something on him so that that would signify who this person was. So when he walked around and, and in his daily life, people would see him with that particular robe and say, that's, that's the son of, of this person because they had that particular robe on. And, and so well, the first thing that the father did was reestablish his identity. First thing he did was say, that's not who you are. This, this is who you are. You are my son. And we need to understand that in our lives, that is what God is consistently saying to us. All right? Now, let me just explain son. Son is not a gender term. Son culturally was, was here a, a term of inheritance. All right? So whether, whether we're male or female, it's got nothing to do with that. It's got everything to do that we have. A better translation for me would be an heir. Um, I know a lot of Bibles uh, translate when it says sons of God, they've translated it into the children of God. But that sort of seems to suggest people who, who are younger, whereas in this context, it's actually a fully matured adult who is an heir of the father and has the ability to be able to enact on their behalf. Speak a little bit about, about that in a minute. But so the first thing he did was say, that's not who you are. You've been pigs, you've been doing wild living, you've been squandering your wealth, but that's not who you are. You are my son. And you are the inheritance of my life and of all my possessions. You had it anyway. You didn't need to ask me for it. It was always yours. And, and I want to encourage you this morning that that is who we are. We are the inheritance of God. As we've come in through Christ Jesus, we inherit the eternal promises. And there's some things that you can do to uh, help you um, enjoy that. My story uh, in regards to my vocation, my work, can I move? Is that right? Sorry, cameraman person that's there, whoever you are, God bless you. Um, in my life, I've had the opportunity to do many things. I, I worked in a, a company called Telecom Australia, you may have heard of it, a small organisation at the time. Um, <laughs> And, uh, uh, but then I, I, did, I stopped doing that and then I worked as a sales representative in the surfing industry. I did that for many years because uh, that's one of my major passions is surfing. 
And then um, uh, I, we, we planted church. That was fun. Um, um, and we were involved in church leadership at different, different levels. We went from a very large church of over 1,000 people to a very small church. I think there was 10 of us or five, eight of us. I think eight of us started. That was a big transition. And so um, from that, then I... Uh, uh, what did I do then? Oh, that's right. Uh, and, then, um, and then that sort of finished up, and then uh, I started going back into training. I'm, I'm actually a trainer as well. And then I became a professional bird watcher. Uh, so, so I have the privilege, which is my other passion. I, I grew up in Africa for a few years. My parents went and worked there, and I, my teenage years were there, and I got, I got heavily into wildlife. Wasn't very good at school. Um, I did correspondence. That was a waste of time. Uh, but I did learn a lot about wildlife and, um, and, and birds and animals and all that sort of thing. And so I have this amazing privilege when COVID is not happening because uh, I've been grounded for around about 18 months now and getting a little bit edgy, to be perfectly honest. Uh, but I get this money where, where people who um, uh, pay me reasonably good money to take them into the bush and show them birds anywhere in the world. And so, so that's good fun. You know, there's magpie out there. <laughs> Galah, all right. Oh, that's amazing, you know, pay me. Uh, and, and so these are some of the things I, I, stay, I say I've had six different vocations. I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up. But um, none of these things actually is who I am. All right, these are just things I do. These are just the, the privileges and the fun things that God has made available in my life. But it, 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 it doesn't matter whether I'm working for... Telstra or whether I'm out in the bush or whatever it is that I'm doing, who I am is, is a son. I'm, I'm, an, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an heir of the, of the, the king of kings, uh, of, of the, the ruler of the planet, essentially. And, and we need to be reminded of that. And I love that thing of, you know, that's not who you are. Because some, some, so many times things can happen in our lives and they can cause us to think less of ourselves. Who's ever had that experience? Yeah. All right, I know I have. And so um, there are some things that we can do. Bible says, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5, he has predestined us and adopted all of us as his sons. Again, not a gender term, it's a term of inheritance through Christ Jesus in accordance with his will and pleasure. So, what is our identity made up of? It's basically made up of whose we are. We are the heirs of a loving father. And that's what motivates our lives. Who we are, we're sons or we're heirs, righteous uh, people of God. We're also overcomers. We are beloved of the father. Uh, we are seated in heavenly places. There are so many amazing pictures that has been given us through scripture that we can, we can, we can help to remind ourselves of who we are. True? Uh, when I lose touch with my identity, when I start to be inconsistent of the nature and the character of God that he's placed within me, I have learned to discipline myself. First of all, I need to recognize that. Secondly, often I need to repent of my behavior, which is what this son did. I sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And he goes, yeah, 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 why? You know, whack a robe on him, you know, because you are my son. And, and, and then I, I do things... Um, which help me to remind myself of who I am. 
And, uh, and, and so I want to encourage you this morning, if, if you get into those situations where, you know, maybe you get into discouragement or you're feeling, you know, under the circumstances of life, uh, it's so easy to lose touch with our identity. It's so easy to lose, lose hope or uh, even understanding of what God wants to do in and through us and promises that he's spoken over our lives. And we need to be people that, that, uh, that to, to be the people that God has created us to be and to fulfill our destiny and live the life that he, he, has, he has given us, it is so helpful for us to be able to, to go back to that place of our identity in Christ Jesus. Amen? And so I do, I have certain disciplines, you know, um, uh, I've been through a number of things, I'm sure you have, uh, you know, whether it, whether it be health or financial challenges or whatever it is that you, you're facing. And so, you know, um, I went through a period of time not that long ago where, where I was just dealing with some health challenges and I'd wake up and I'd be tired and lethargic and I don't wake up very well anyway. Noni knows that the first hour of me waking up, she doesn't talk to me. She allows me just to grow and, and develop from my sleep, and then eventually I'll have a conversation. Um, it's a bit like a teenager, really, isn't it? Um, and then, and then, but uh, I, you know, because I had to work and do all sorts of things, I didn't have the luxury of just sleeping in and whatever. So I'd have to get up, and so I'd get into the shower. Probably not a vision that you really want to think about, but anyway. Um, uh, and I would, I would, ha- I'd just start speaking things of God over my life. And I'd just say, this is not who you are. You know, you know, you are going through some health challenges. You are going through some, maybe some discouragements, but this is not who you are. And then I'd grab scriptures that we have, or, you know, songs that we sing. And thank you so much for the, to the worship team, you know, for just encouraging us every week, because whilst I believe corporate worship has inherent power to, to shift atmospheres in our region, it also trains us and, and fills us with, with tools so that during the week we can still consistently grab those songs and, and you, know, you know, Almighty Fortress, you know, you go before me, nothing can stand before the power of God, you know, and it might be, you know, Almighty Fortress, you know. You know um, and, but you can get yourself into a place where, you know, um, you know, when I fight, I'll fight. I'm not allowed to sing, so, I'm, you know, it's a good thing. Um, uh, you know, and you know, and we can get ourselves. We can stir ourselves up. Uh, I love David. I mean, who's read the stories of David? David, you know, um, uh, the, a lot of the Psalms always start off with David having a winch. I mean, like, you know, goodness sake, get on with it. You know, things are going so bad. Things are terrible. People want to kill me because they did. You know, I remember it was at First Samuel chapter chapter twenty nine. You know, uh, his people, Israelites, his king wants to kill him. The the um, Philistines now they want to kill him, and he's got back to his home base, and someone's stolen all his women and children and and everybody. So now his best friends they also want to kill him. You know, so I've never been in that situation, not even close. <laughs> but it says in. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, it says, But David found strength in his God. And that is the place that God wants us to encourage. He reminded himself, that's not who you are. You know, this is who you are. This is the promise that God has spoken over your life, and it will come to pass. It's only a couple of chapters later in 2 Samuel that David is anointed king. And he, and he restores all of his, his belongings and inheritance um, uh, as well. And so, but David, you know, you see him, he's having a bit of a whinge because his people want to kill him, and, and understandably so. But then he, about midway through the psalm, he goes, um, but awake my soul, awake my soul. 
you know, my heart is fixed. I'm going to fix my eyes. And, and there's, a, there's something in David that even though he was probably one of these melancholic musician types, um, God bless you if you're one of those, uh, um, um, uh, he had this capacity to be able to stir himself up in God and, and, and through worship was able to be able to bring himself into a place of victory and faith and expectation. He saw God do amazing things. And so there's some things that we can do. Um, when I get into financial challenges, um, I don't go, eh, I haven't got enough money. Uh, I, I probably start off in that place. Uh, but then I get into that and I say, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. That's not who you are. Bible says, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, um, remember it is me who gives you the ability to produce wealth so to confirm your covenant what's the covenant okay let's go back to genesis chapter 12 what's the covenant covenant to abraham abraham he says i'm going to if you go to the land in which i will send you i will make you into a great nation i will bless you and 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 through you all nations will be blessed so it's not just you're going to be blessed because you can produce wealth but through you others can be blessed as well and so what i do is i go okay we're lacking in finances some challenges there need a job um, so what am I going to do yes God it's you who give me the ability to produce wealth to confirm your covenant so what I'm going to do is I'm going to look beyond my circumstances and I'm going to invest and sow into my community into my church into people around me and what that does is it releases the power of God to be able to bring circumstances into order and as you said before God is faithful one of my favorite verses in Hebrews chapter uh, 10, verse 25, it says, uh, 23, it says, and he who has promised is faithful. Yeah. I have seen the faithfulness of God time and time and time and time again. And I live by that, by that fact. All right, not all of my um, points are going to be this long because um, that was the one that was, I was probably most important of. Um, I love what Paul says in the book of Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, he makes this comment, which I think is a great tool. It says in verse 22, You were taught in with regard to your former life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, which is pretty much how we are when we're getting into uh, those sort of you know, mindsets. Um, uh, and then it says in verse 23, And make new the attitude of your mind. And then verse 24, To put off on a new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Now, in our linear uh, Western mindset, we see that as a progression. Put off our old self, make new the attitude of our mind, put on our new, our new self, which is, which is clothed, clothed in righteousness. But what we need to understand is the way that Hebrews think, they think um, uh, in, the, in the, it's called a chiasm, it's in the shape of an X. What they do is they take the middle point and they, they refer to both outside points from that. Some of you may know this. Um, I found it very helpful in understanding Scripture. And so what well, the middle point is make new the attitude of your mind. So when we make new the attitude of your mind, it empowers us to put off our old self. Because I don't know about you, I get to the put off your old self when I'm having difficulty because I'm sitting in you know, discouragement or whatever and I can't get to the make new the attitude of your mind before I get to put on the new self. And so what we have to do, and what I want to encourage you is to make new the attitude of your mind. That empowers you to put off your old self and empowers you to be able to embrace who you really are. 
And so there are ways that we can do that, and I trust that, that you will be encouraged by maybe some of my examples. Um, Paul says further down, uh, Apostle Paul, Ephesians 4, verse 28, says, anyone who's been stealing must steal no longer. They, they must work. That's a good idea. Do something useful with their hands that they may have something to share with those in need. And so, so it's not just work to be able to create wealth for you, but to be able to, to be generous because that is the nature and the character of God. True. And so uh, the, the, in our identity, these are things that we can, we can uh, grasp hold of and um, see what God wants to do through that. Okay, so that's the first thing. The first thing is he puts it on the robe. Everybody under, happy with that? So robe is, yes, robe of righteousness. Yes, he's covered us with the blood of Jesus. Yes, you know, uh, we, we, we were sinners, but, but uh, you know, now we are sons of God. The Bible says... Um, I think it's 1 Corinthians 5, verse 21, says, uh, uh, he who had no sin became sin so that we would be the righteousness of God. All right? So we don't live in that place of, of what was me, I'm a sinner. We live in the place of I am the righteousness of God. That is who I am. That is the, the, the inheritance that I have from God, and so I can appropriate that in my life. All right, so that's getting our identity right. Once we've got our identity right, or as we are in the process of getting our identity right, I hate that when people go, oh, you know, when you get to this, you can do this. I'm going, no, I want to do it all now. You know, I'm on a process. I'm on a journey. I'm still trying to learn, even though I've been doing this a while. I'm still trying to learn, and, um, and, and, but I still want to do other things. And so the second thing he says is put, put a ring on his finger. Now, that might go, oh, that's lovely. There's a nice ring on your finger. That's, you know, nice. But if we look at the context of who this was, this was a person of standing. And their sons or their, their, their heirs were people who were mature adults and had the capacity to operate on behalf of the father. And the ring, my understanding of this, was, was actually a ring of, um, uh, what do you call it, insignia. or you, It's like a, a ring where they could, they could actually um, seal transactions, financial transactions. And so the son would go into an environment where now he is standing on in behalf of the father's place. So they don't have to see the father. The father is the one who, who has, has all authority and all of the possessions. The son is an administrator. And we as heirs of the kingdom of God are administrators of the things of God. And we come not just with our identity... But we also come with authority. And the ring speaks to me of authority. And so when we go into a circumstance, we've got the ring of authority, which means we have legal right to administrate transactions on behalf of the Father. Does that make sense? And so when we go into the various environments that God has placed us, which is our sphere of influence, it might be your school, it might be your workplace, it might be the shopping center, it might be you know, the university or wherever it is that you go, you don't just go as a son or an heir. Everybody happy with the whole son thing? You know, you know I've got to be a bride of Christ, so, you know, relax. Um, all right, so, so work that out. But, but uh, <laughs> when, when, we, when we go into our sphere of, 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 um, of influence that we have been given or whatever it is that, that we have, we have the privilege to administrate the things of God. 
because we are heirs and we come with authority and we can administrate legal transactions of the kingdom of God, whether it be healing or deliverance or encouragement or just shifting atmospheres in, in the, uh, the, the area of what we go. Um, I love the, the passage of Scripture. Um, it, it was, it, one of my favorite verses is Matthew chapter, chapter 10. Verse 7 and 8, it says this. Jesus was talking to the disciples. First of all, in verse 1, he, gives them, he calls his disciples and he gives them authority um, uh, over all, all, princip- all, all demon powers. And then, we let us say demons in this church? Shut up. Yeah, okay. Um, so he gives them authority. It's in the Bible. Um, uh, so he gives them authority. And then, uh, uh, in verse seven, 7 and 8, he says, so As you go, preach that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers and cast out demons. Freely you receive, freely give. And so they're probably going, could you just start that again? Right. As you go. And this passage of scripture should be a great encouragement to us. Because, as I said, my schooling wasn't necessarily the best in the world. I didn't have the privilege of a wonderful school like this. I did have the privilege of going into lots of national parks and seeing lots of animals and birds, but that was about it. And, but what I've learned is as you go, we get the opportunity to preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What does that mean? The kingdom of God and his domain is accessible. Uh, the dominion of God is available for each and every one of us. And we can, we can produce that because we are, we are heirs of the Father and we have authority to be able to bring that influence into the environment in which we uh, have, have a sphere of influence to be able to, to, to um, engage with. Does that make sense? What is authority? One of the things we found, um, particularly traveling into certain countries, is that uh, the word authority out of scripture has been interpreted as control or domination. All right? That's a challenge because a lot of churches have, have structured themselves in that way. Um, not helpful in, if you want the people to rise up and become all that they, they, they are, which is my passion, is to see people become who God has created you to be. You know, I've had a go over 50-odd years. I'm getting tired, and, and I want more people to have a go. All right, so, um, so my understanding of, of authority is not control or domination, but it's dominion. And if we have a look at the passage of Scripture in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, uh, it's after blessing Abraham, uh, sorry, Adam and Eve, he says, says um, uh, now, be fruitful, multiply, uh, fill the earth, and have dominion over it. What does that word dominion mean? My interpretation is to bring order, to create an environment for all of the inhabitants to flourish. All right? Do you want me to say that again? Dominion is to bring order and to create an environment for all of the inhabitants to flourish. That's my role as a husband in my home. Um, that's a role of me in my workplace. That's a role of you in whatever sphere that you go into, is to bring order to empower all of the inhabitants to flourish. And uh, if, 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 if uh, we can see that that as our role, not just to get up, go to work, make money, and then come home and, you know, watch the TV, but if we see that as our role where we go into our environment, and I've been into work environments where it's very challenging and people crying and, you know, uh, having arguments and all that sort of stuff. And I remember one time I said, Rob, I'm just going to go in early. 
and I'm just going to clear this place out. I'm just going to walk around, and if there's no one there, I'll pray in tongues, and if uh, there is people there, I'll just smile and, and, and uh, not, not be some weird person, but, but, uh, but, but go in there and just start saying, no, 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 this is not good enough. This is not my environment that's, that's allowed to have all this stuff and negativity going on. And those of you who have lived with me long enough would know that negativity and complaint is like just the worst in my life. Um, and, and, and so I, I, I encourage everybody around me to, you know, focus on positive things and, and that sort of stuff. And, and because, because um, we can shift our atmosphere. We can change the, uh, the opportunities that, that are around us. My goodness, one minute and 46 seconds to go. <laughs> All right. Um, so authority. We have authority. Lastly, I just want to have a look at the sandals, and this will be quick, I promise. Um, the, the sandals, the, 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 uh, the father said, and put sandals on his, on his feet. So the robe, um, the, the ring authority, and then also sandals. These weren't just any old, old sandals. These were like the, the Nike of sandals. They were, the, they were, they were sandals which were, which were uh, cushioned, but also they were ones, those ones that lace up, all right? Uh, and what that did was actually supported the legs so that they could walk long distances without fatigue, all right? And, and so these sandals were an empowerment for the son to be able to get on and do his business. And the Bible says in Jesus' promise to the disciples in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. And so as we go into our workplace, as we go into our schools and our supermarkets and our shopping centers and wherever it is that God has positioned you at this time, as I said, it's got nothing to do, that's not your identity. Your identity is who you are in Christ. But as you go into whatever it is that you are doing, not only has he given you authority, but he's also given you the Holy Spirit to empower you to be able to be who it is that he has created you to be. I am so grateful for that. If all I could do in this life was what I could do in my own strength, that to me would be boring. There's my timer going off. Stop it. Um, uh, to me, that would be, it would be all right. But I, I think it would, for me, if this Christianity thing is not greater than what I can do in my own strength, then I'm going surfing. Because I'm not interested in theoretical Christianity. I'm interested in seeing the power of God being administrated through his individual believers in such a way that we see the manifest presence of God impacting people's lives. And so that's why I'm so passionate about these things. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, 8, verse 19, all creation is eagerly awaiting for the sons of God to be revealed. Again, inheritance, not not gender. And I believe at this time through COVID and, and whatever it is that we go through, I mean, this might be COVID now, it might be something in 20 years time. I don't know. But we have an opportunity that all creation is eagerly awaiting for us to be revealed, yeah. eagerly awaiting for us to be who God has created us to be and to bring change into our circumstances, our workplaces and um, um, uh, wherever it is that you, you operate so that we may see the hand of God come in and bring uh, change into people's lives around us.
all creation is wonderful. I had this thought this week that the that the 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 unchurched environment has a legal right to make a demand on the people of God. That 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 we have something that they do not have, and if we don't administrate this, then they're never going to get to see it. And and my passion is particularly for for the younger generation, for you to experience. The presence and the power and the, the miraculous, we sing about miracles, which is, which is amazing. But, but for you to experience the miraculous power of God and experience laying hands on people and seeing them recover. Because it transforms your life. It changes the way you see things. And, and that is who God has created us to be. Is it easy? No. Um, I have labored at this one. I've seen a lot of people get miraculously healed over the years, it has been a privilege of my life. But his, I'm, I've never been one of these, you know, guys or well, women who walk around like, you know, Catherine Cormier, they just you know, wave their hand and, you know, dozens and dozens of people get healed. It's always been through, God, how do we do this better? How do we do this better? Why didn't that person get I've prayed for many people um, uh, who have been healed, but I've also prayed for countless others who haven't. And I've always said that I'm not going to... Um, um, uh, limit this person from getting their healing just because the last person didn't. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. It says, as you go, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those with leprosy and cast out demons because freely you've received, freely you give. And uh, I haven't seen anybody raised from the dead yet. Had a few goes, um, but, uh, but, but it's on my bucket list. Yeah. You know, so, so, um, so uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, God, make, a, make a, you know, uh, you know. Um, <laughs> all right, is it easy? No, it's not. But, but you can't have a testimony without a test. Yeah. And you can't be an overcomer without something to overcome. True? And, uh, and, and, and we can do it, folks. Second Peter, I've written this down, 1, 3, says, His divine power has given us everything we need in life for godliness, through our knowledge of him who has called us uh, by his own glory and goodness. Folks, we have an amazing privilege to live this life in a way which transcends our natural abilities. And it's, it's not through our, our good works. It's through a recognition of who we are as his, as his, as his heirs. It's, it's recognition, the authority that we have. And it's recognition that it's only by the Holy Spirit that we're going to actually see these things transpire. Okay? Um, May I get you to stand? What I'd like you to do... What I'd like to do... Thank you so much. What I'd like to do is... um, uh, I love calling people out the front, laying hands on people, and we'll do that when when Mr. COVID allows us to. Um, but I'm also quite confident that God knows what he's doing and can work in any situation. Last story, is that okay? All right, so that's my preach finished. This is just the <laughs> last story. I was in um, uh, a place called Nias Island. Any surfers in the house? All right, probably one of the best surf breaks in the world, but we won't go there. Uh, and we were doing some ministry in different areas. And uh, while I was there, I heard a friend of mine from North Sumatra was preaching in a, in a church there and doing an Easter outreach. And so I thought, I'll go along. And uh, um, so I turned up and, and uh, my friend Octavianus Nathaniel, was, uh, he's a fiery Indian uh, descent uh, preacher, but he's been many, many generations in Indonesia. 
And uh, he, was, he was doing the message, and he was preaching on Zacchaeus. I know that because I heard him say Zacchaeus. And uh, right through the preach, it was all in, in uh, Bahasa Indonesia, but I, I got the word Zacchaeus. So I'm there, yeah, right on, Zacchaeus. Yeah, yeah everybody else is, mm-mm. And, uh, uh, and, and, you know, I'm trying to cheer him on, and, and I knew it was about Zacchaeus, and that's about it. And I'm sitting down here where Stuart is. And, uh, and then towards the end of his message, he transitions into English, and he says, and now my friend Steve is going to come and bring the altar call. <laughs> and I'm like... Excuse me? Uh, and, and so I had 12 steps. And in that time, I'm saying, oh, Lord Jesus, I've got no idea what he's talked about. I know it's about Zacchaeus. So I, I got up and I said, and I had these words come out of my mouth. I don't even know where they came from. And I said, you know, Zacchaeus was somebody who was part of their community. He had been to the temple all his life. And... He would have paid his tithes and, and done his duties and all those sort of things. But he'd never had an encounter with Jesus. And when he had an encounter with Jesus, he immediately stood up and said, today, half of my possessions to the poor. Anybody I've cheated, paying them back four times. And Jesus goes, well, truly salvation has come to this household. Um, and so there was something powerful that happened when he had an encounter. And my desire this morning that as we pray, that you would encounter something of God. Maybe there's something that I've said that has just quickened you, or maybe you've just said, I wish that could happen to me. I don't know. But what I do know is that God can do something in your life. Oh, the rest of the story was, I said, if there's anybody here, and I looked around, there's about 300 people in the room, and I remember saying, if there's anybody here that you would like to respond, maybe just come to the front. About 280 of them come to the front <laughs> because they'd been in this particular church and none of them had ever had an encounter with Jesus. And I remember thinking, well, what do we do now? And I looked at him and he looked at me and he looked at the pastor and the pastor's going, I've got no idea what to do. And then we looked back at the people and we realized that we didn't have to do anything. Because God just filled the room with his presence and people were transformed. All right? And so I'm quietly confident that that can happen in your life. Um, and so uh, what I'd like to do is, let's just close our eyes if we could and just, just say, Heavenly Father, if there's anything that has witnessed today with your people where there's something that they've just said, maybe they're as... Karen has also said, maybe there's some challenge financially. Maybe there's some challenge relationally. Maybe there's some challenge in the area of of discouragement. But Father, that by your inherent power, by your Holy Spirit, that you would minister to people. And if that's you this morning, then I just encourage you, maybe just to raise your hand. You don't have to come out the front, but just to acknowledge God. Maybe say something out of your mouth and say, God, that is me. Maybe you need to be like the prodigal son and say you know what I've blown it I've sinned against heaven and God but now I'm returning because I want to be restored to my full identity so father I pray right now in Jesus name that you would bring transformation in people's lives you would bring encouragement that you would place courage in them to be encouraged that you would 
where there's where there's discouragement, Lord God, that encouragement would come. Where there's where there's areas of financial lack, Lord God, that you would would restore confidence that that you have given them the ability to produce wealth, not just for themselves, but also to demonstrate your nature and your character to be generous in all circumstances. Father, whatever the situation that people are facing, maybe there's healing that's required right now. Father, we just speak the healing power of God right now in Jesus' name. Your word encourages us that by your stripes we are healed. And Father, we just, we just prophesy that over people right now in Jesus' name. And I just want to read a passage of scripture while, while we're there over you this morning. Just remain with your head bowed and your eyes closed and then I'll hand back to Karen. It's the great prayer of Paul in Ephesians chapter 3. Just somewhere in the middle of his writing he just feels to pray. He says, For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. That's his, that's his fatherhood, his love, what he has done for us. I pray that out of his glorious riches... He may strengthen you with power through the Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with to the full measure of the fullness of God. Now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or even imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for your, your time. I appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day. 